0: Light around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Watch it steam and crack and pop Cornbread bacon in that stove Bring it to TNC Farm Table Pick them maters good and ripe Drop black and candy stripes Look at them loading down those vines Bring it to TNC Farm Table Bring it to TNC Farm
1: Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that mountain-south Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with a visit with Thomas Williams. Thomas is a Nashville native who's heavily involved in the business of helping his community through food. And in these times of trouble that we're all living in right now, I thought it'd be good to feature this story and how together we can really help make our communities better. In Fred Sossman's potluck radio series, he features a couple from Jonesboro, Tennessee, who make a well-traveled eggnog with a taste of Kentucky. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate your good company. Back in 2010, as a response to those devastating floods that hit Nashville, Tennessee, Thomas Williams gathered a bunch of his chef friends and they created, later named, nourished Dinners. And these dinners raised money for the Community Resource Center and Mobile Loaves and Fishes in Nashville. And over the years, Mobile Meals and Fishes has become the Nashville Food Project. These fundraising dinners that they started in 2010 are still going, and they have raised over a million and a half dollars for the Nashville Food Project. The Nashville Food Project and their mission is to provide fresh, nutritious food to Nashville's working poor and homeless communities. And in the show today, we speak more on that positive impact that the Nashville Food Project has on the Nashville community. So today, our visit with Thomas Williams is a good story to tell in this time of trouble, how we can all really make a difference if we work hard together. Thomas, Williams, will you tell me again your work with the National Food Project?
2: Certainly. I got introduced to the National Food Project with its predecessor, Mobile and Fishes. Um, my company at the time had done some volunteer work. We made sandwiches. And Mobile and Fishes' pre were like bologna and cheese sandwiches and ham and cheese and p- pember and jelly. That's what they did. With and so when the, when the, the big flood happened in Nashville in 2010, I want to give back, um, I'm a native of Nashville and I want to give back to the community. And so I um, know a fair amount of chefs and restaurateurs and so I contacted them and we did a benefit dinner called Taking Nashville to Higher Ground. And Mobile Loaves and Fishes as well as Community Resource Center were the two beneficiaries. Um, we raised about $70,000, had seven chefs from around the, around the south come. Uh, John Fleer from Blackberry Farm at the time, um, Linton Hopkins from Restaurant Eugenia, Atlanta, Lee Richardson from the Cap Hotel in Little Rock, Kelly English from Restaurant Iris in Memphis, David Gwas um, from Bayou Bakery in Virginia um, um, all came together and uh, cooked. We raised about $70,000 for flood relief efforts. That's wonderful. Um, so then the Mobile and Fishes. Morph took a year off, and then they became the National Food Project. So this, I want to continue to do dinners to benefit them, and so we we established. And I was one of the founding board members of, of the National Food Project, and we established the Nourish Dinner. We changed the name to Nourish, and that was 2012. And the, the dinners are still going on to this day, and they've raised somewhere in the neighborhood of between a million five to two million dollars for the National Approved Project. And the National Food Project's mission is to provide fresh, nutritious food to nationals working poor and homeless communities. They also do They also have uh, gardening programs as well. and they have a refugee gardening program that they glean produce from as well as they, they take um, other farmers' overage and produce and, and donated food and they've just moved into a new headquarters uh, kitchen and facility over on California Avenue in the nation's, nation's um, community.
1: It's such a nice facility. It
2: really is. They they are people are very generous and um, it, it expands. They, they actually have two locations now. They also work at St. Luke's over in that 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 same area. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've expanded greatly since they started in the new facility they which they own, um, which I think in in the near future will be will own debt free, um, in short order. Um, but has has been very instrumental in that. And there have been some nice country music stars like like Trisha Yearwood who've given given other um, time and resources that, that's been, um, so the national community has really, really um, come together to support them and then uh, Jennifer Justice, a former food writer of the Tennessean, is now their community liaison and she's doing a phenomenal job with, with connecting them to, to different local chefs and, s- similar, you know, and so it gives them an opportunity to, to give back. Uh, Tandy Wilson um, of City House in Nashville was one of the first early adapters uh, to help with the food project, and he's had, had he's donated as well as he's cooked it, nourished, and he's also had his whole staff come and volunteer in mass. And what they did was the front of the house staff cooked that day, and the back, and the, and the kitchen staff did stuff in the garden. So it was, it was kind of reversal roles, and so mm-hmm. all, they all got to experience um, most of the aspects of the National Food Project.
1: That's
2: fantastic. It really is, and the, I've i found I've, in in all my years that the the food community have a, a very giving heart, and they they love to support organizations and people and, and food that they, they think look at food as a common, not common want, a common need for us all for sustenance as well as um, comfort, and and everybody deserves to be fed.
1: Yes, absolutely, brings us together
2: without a doubt. And it's also you know it brings us together both in body and spirit and and there's there's so much community around around the table mm-hmm. um, and sharing food and sharing traditions and and you know for for these refugees they're growing vegetables that we don't we don't normally experience in Nashville and they they also sell their vegetables um, at the Richland Farmers Market and it, it's the growing together um, and the food project has also done simmer dinners and a lot of other dinners when I established Nourish it was there. One in major fundraising of the year, it's still the the probably the largest, but they now do multiple things, different varieties throughout the year, doing bake sales and and other chefs coming in, and the in the national and regional food community have really embraced it.
1: Oh, I'm so so glad! And Didn't you get a Golden Skillet Award?
2: Um, what, they, what's that called? Well, I, I, it is called I think the, the the Thomas Williams Golden Skillet Award is very kind to of them and. I think the, um, let me see if I can remember correctly, the first year's recipient was Margot McCormack. Um, the second year's recipient was um, a, a phenomenal volunteer and board member, Judy Wright. And the, the last recipient um, was another um, uh, volunteer, longtime volunteer, um, Billy Bird, whose wife, Lady Bird, is uh, an, a former board member and former board chair of the National Food Project.
1: Well, I I just am so glad that, you answered a need you figured out after all that horrific flooding you just you just did something Thomas thank you
2: of course I mean I I felt like I needed to do something I think that um, I think I was just more the conduit and, and liaison where so many people have you know wanted to give back and it was it was very easy to ask granted a lot of them are good friends but there was never any much discussion it was like yes where when we're happy to help and that's so so nice and that, um, that that so many people would want to do that, and they, they want to you know, so many people locally and regionally love Nashville, and, and they want to give back to people and support people. And this went as far as feeding people, but also providing food for the workers during the flood that were working overtime. That were to try you know all sorts of support like that. That just it just takes a you know they don't have to worry about getting fed, or their families don't worry about them getting fed good nutritious food mm-hmm. at the water department or at wherever they are, meeting people where they are at. Mm-hmm. I think it's so so very important,
1: and it's so good too because I have visited the National Food Project. I've seen the food that is being served, and it is nutritious, good food. It's not a package of cookies or this or that. Which I mean, we all love sweets and things, but so much of the time, donated food is not dense in nutritive value, and um, it's a, it's a, a service of. Respect to give people real whole, wholesome food.
2: I, I agree. I, the National Food Project; their mission is to, to cook good, quality, healthy food that you would serve in your own home. You would serve at a banquet, whatever. You know, it's, yeah. and it's and it also I think, and then taking that to the people where to build their own sense of community also shows a respect and a and a servant's heart. And so that they're you're not asking them to come some, you know, to come somewhere. You're asking, going to them because there's also the fact that a lot of them don't have the wherewithal to get transportation to get to a certain place. Mm-hmm. So there's just a win-win-win in the equation, I think.
1: And also, it's so refreshing that different schools are involved and children are helping to grow vegetables.
2: That's correct, and that's that's another aspect that I I think is is vital is vital in a number of ways. First of all, the, their volunteer system, you know, you can, you can drive the truck and, and, and deliver the meals and see the end result of the efforts, or you can do food prep. And if you, if you like chopping vegetables, you, they have plenty of work for you to do. You can do, do the actual cooking of the food. So there's all different And then the kids get involved, it teaches them at an early age where food comes from. Yes. You also can harvest the food from the, from the farms and, um, and gardens. So it teaches them where food comes from. And then it shows, you know, it also, the whole circle of life of food from when, when it's grown, seeds to when it's grown, to being cooked, prepared, and then the end result of where it's at, your ta- whether it be your table at home or their table where they're taking it to. And, and that, that again, I think in our world now, there's so much fast food. And and I think there's been a disconnect with knowing literally where those vegetables came from or where that meat was sourced. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got some friends at Bear Creek Farm who they donate a, a great deal of beef and pork to the, to the National Food Project. And they're located in Thompson Station, Tennessee, about 30, 30 minutes south of here. And so there's there's many farms like that that aren't necessarily um, produce growers or farmers, but but different types of farming. And, and all, their, all their product is um, never leaves their farm, humanely raised, humanely um, um, processed. And so the, there's just a synergy between all that and, and, the, and the byproduct. And it's served in some of the finest restaurants here as well as the south and so what is what's a great thing about these communities they're serving is these people are having um some of the best food available anywhere out there and they've even flown out to the french laundry and thomas keller has has, um tasted their beef and it's a little logistics to get it out there for them to serve it on and that but he's um and loves their their product as well
1: that's uh, uh and thomas keller owns and runs a french laundry if people aren't familiar with him and He's just, uh, just put it kind of bluntly, he's, he's just big time. I mean, big time. And I mean, really, very expensive, exclusive kind of restaurant to go to. So if he's saying that, that's some good meat. It is.
2: It, it, good meat and pork, it certainly is. That's right. Yes, ma'am.
1: You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table Podcast and Broadcast. Our guest today is Thomas Williams. Thomas is heavily involved with the Southern Foodways Alliance, is part of a consulting firm called Cornbread Consulting, and as a response to help following the devastating floods that affected Nashville in 2010, he, along with his chef friends, developed Nourish Dinners, which have raised over a million and a half dollars for the Nashville Food Project. Links to the Nashville Food Project, Thomas Williams, and all of my guests, always at TennesseeFarmTable.com. In this second part of the visit with Thomas, I asked him how he became involved so heavily in food, and a little about cornbread consulting, and how he and Alan Benton met, and that story involves biscuits. What got you so involved in the food world, in this foodways world? Well, I've
2: I've I've always um, been interested in food, and um, it started as a young young boy, and I was very interested in Southern food, and I've. As I've gotten older, I've obviously expanded those horizons. I'm, I'm very inquisitive and curious about a lot of different cuisines. And I, um, probably 15 years ago, I was reading the local paper, in Tennessee, and I saw a review about the book Southern Belly by John T. Edge, um, who I subsequently found out ran the Southern Foodways Alliance. Um, and um, I thought, these are my people. I, I, I want to get involved. So I called John T. and I said, I'd like to come down and have lunch and find out more about your organization. So, I met John T. and uh, um, his second in command, Mary Beth Lasser, um, at Ajax Diner on the square in Oxford, Mississippi, for lunch. And um, I love their mission and what they're doing and, and celebrating chefs, artisans, um, barbecue pit masters, um, shrimpers, whatever it may be in the South, and, and doing oral histories on them and, and celebrating them and, and food bringing um, all walks of life around the table. And so, I got involved with that. And I've been involved with that um for quite a few years, and um have kind of had a network of friends and resources through that um that I'll always be indebted to them for of lifelong friends such as Mr. Allen Benton of East Tennessee and the Cruz family from East Tennessee in my opinion make the absolute best dairy products and the best pork bacon ham and prosciutto in the, in the free world so um and uh and so I um as well as um um some various chefs up there now John Frillier has become a um close friend uh, he was a chef at Blackberry Farm now he's at rue at Asheville, the rue, and uh, Ben a eagle.
1: you know, and he um i I think he's one of the kingpins of this of the whole farm to table movement
2: one well i, I think he, yeah I think he is an early adapter, and I think you know he he had he um created um Foothills cuisine for blackberry, mm-hmm. highlight foods of the region and just to show that you know, similar to what Sean Brock's done, that, that foods of Appalachia or foods of the Foothills region can be celebrated just along Italian food or French food, it's just as um, grown with just such love and dedication and um, can be highlighted just as well. And I think that, I also, I, I kind of think the farm to table is an interesting term because, I, you know, it's what your grandparents did, it's what your families have done in the South or everywhere for quite some time. And, so, and, I, and every restaurant should be like that. And I think it's, it's nice to see more of them doing to where it's, you, when you start with phenomenal product, you don't really have to do a lot to it. And you just highlight it, and then it kind of speaks for itself. And, and also, I think any time you have something, whether it be a, um, produce or proteins, that if it was on the farm yesterday and it's on the plate today, there's no way it can't taste better. You know, and, and it doesn't, it's not shipped across the country or whatever, or, or preserved or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's just fresher and, and much better, in my opinion. You know, and, and the, the food community is, is so generous with their both their time, their food, and their resources. And, and that's one, of, it's, it, we're blessed to be in Nashville, with such a giving community. Um, so that, you know, I, you know, I guess if I've, I've been asked to, if, if you had one cuisine, that you could pick to, to live the rest of your life, and that's all you could do. I would, it would definitely be southern cuisine and southern, just down home cooking. That you know, I love Italian, I love Vietnam, I love a lot of different things, but but that would be one that would be, um, if I had to pick one without a doubt. And that's just it's, it's just my childhood, it's comfort, yeah. and um, you know, it, and the, and I, I really I believe wholeheartedly that food brings people together, and also, also it's comforting. And then you celebrate the food, you grieve with food. And I think that, that that's um, you know, and I eat out a lot because I'm single. But if I have my brothers eating at my house or a friend's house, just simple, good, home cooked meal is what I want. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a game changer, and and I I like cornbread so much. I named my consulting company Cornbread Consulting.
1: Tell me what that is.
2: Cornbread Consulting. It's a small firm, and that does primarily. Um, Brand strategy, um, PR, and we plan some events um, primarily in the south. We work with um, restaurants in the hospitality in the hosp- in in the hospitality industry as well as we've done some work with some cookbooks and things along those lines. I see, it, and I think it's important to, to because there's there's a lot of you know hurt in this world, and I think it's important to give back and, and do what you can.
1: Well, alright, and then one more question if you don't care, how'd you meet Alan Benton?
2: I met Alan Benton at a Southern Freeway Symposium. Um, traditionally, on its symposium weekends, on Friday night, we uh, go out to Taylor Grocery in, in um, Taylor, Mississippi, um, and um, have catfish dinner. So, the <clears throat> Taylor Grocery has an annex where overflow seating is, and so um, I noticed that there was a space beside Mr. and Ms. Benton. And I sat down I you know, I introduced myself. And I told I, I told um, Sharon, Allen's wife, the brains and the beauty of the operation. Yes. That um, I said, Ms. Benton, I bet if Mr. Benton makes a pretty good country ham bacon and prosciutto, you probably make some good biscuits. And she said, well, Thomas, I'd th- like to think so. She said, I use cruise buttermilk and our best flour out of, Boonesville, North Carolina. It's a winter wheat, soft winter wheat flour. That's our only two ingredients. And um, subsequently, that, that recipe was in Garden and Gun last year and got the uh, most requested recipe on on the web. I, I'm not. Um, Jed Portman wrote, wrote about it. He had gone, we went all at ramping with Mr. Benton, and he she made some biscuits, and he was pretty impressed with those biscuits. I, I wish I would never met those biscuits because, I've eaten quite a few of those biscuits, but uh, she said, we'll "Come up and have them sometime." And I said, "Now I'm, I'm going to come do that. Don't 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 threaten me with that." She said, "I mean, I mean it." So that I can't remember exactly what year that was, but the Bentons um, have become dear friends, as well as their their three children, Elizabeth, Suzanne, and Daryl, and their subsequently grandchildren. And it's a phenomenal family, and I'm honored to call them my friend.
1: You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and our guest today has been Thomas Williams. Thomas is a Nashville native, and as a response to help following the devastating floods that affected Nashville in 2010, he, along with several of his chef friends, developed Nourish Dinners as fundraisers, and they have raised over a million and a half dollars thus far for the Nashville Food Project. A good story to be able to share at this time of the year in the midst of this pandemic and how in the midst of tragedy, we really can band together and create something helpful to our community. As always, links to Thomas Williams, the Nashville Food Project, and all of my guests always at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Up next is Fred Sossman's potluck radio series with a couple from Jonesboro, Tennessee, who make a well-traveled eggnog with a taste of Kentucky.
3: This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. Joe and Kay Florence in Jonesboro, Tennessee make a well-traveled eggnog. Joe learned the recipe while practicing medicine in eastern Kentucky. A colleague brought it from upstate New York. It's an eggnog with vanilla ice cream in it, so you can drink it or eat it. In my family, the adult eggnog was said to have nog in it. In the Florence's East Tennessee kitchen, there's almost always a taste of Kentucky in their eggnog.
1: And he's particularly fond of Kentucky bourbon, so we often have it a canter of bourbon out as well and folks can just uh, doctor it up however they're inclined.
3: Joe brings the vanilla extract he uses all the way from Waranda, Ecuador to East Tennessee. It's unlike any vanilla that I have been able to find around here. It's a real extract of of, uh, of vanilla and it's very thick. Serving eggnog at the Florence home is as much about memory as it is about taste. The nutmeg grater is a family heirloom from Kay's mother.
1: It has the little place in the top to store the nutmegs and and it's just very nostalgic for me to use that and remember the years that she helped to to make the eggnog and certainly enjoyed drinking it.
3: You'd think I'd have this recipe memorized by now, but since I only make it at Christmas I don't. First things, get fresh eggs and uh, separate them. never have been much of a cook so I have to be real careful separating them because I always break one and if you break one that just messes up everything. And Dr. Joe Florence says don't worry about the raw eggs. Most of the time raw eggs are safe, particularly raw eggs you buy in a grocery store because they go through lots of safety checks. Eggs, sugar, milk, cream, vanilla, and ice cream stir memories that range from eastern Kentucky to Ecuador. I'm Fred
2: Saussman. This is Johnny with Crooked Road Farm, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website tennesseefarmtable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at theemmysunshine.com. We hope you have a good week, and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.